On today's episode of Bean Town of 305, we talk AB to the Raiders, a huge free agency recap, and the Midwest Pulse. Let's get going. Breaking news. We were going to talk about how AB going to the Raiders was a, a great trade. Well, something just came across. Odell Beckham Jr. traded to the Browns. I mean, I think that's a great fit. What do you think, Mikey? I like it. Uh, I wonder if Jarvis Landry was pulling at um, the Browns' leg to grab his buddy from LSU. Oh, absolutely. Think about the offense they've got going now. they got oh, Baker. Man. They got Chubb. Who's their second running back? They got a second running back that's some somewhat uh, good. Duke don't Johnson they? from the U. Don't forget Duke him. Johnson. Oh yeah, there we go. And then they got Jarvis Landry, uh, Odell Beckham, and Njoku. If he can, you know, you know be Njoku's something from, more than Njoku's from Miami. You know that. Listen, I think we're done talking about this Miami stuff. I know the podcast is named from Bean Town to three hundred five, but <laughs> had enough. Man, what I how, <laughs> how does that how does that uh, shape the landscape? Well, I mean, think about this. The Pittsburgh Steelers just lost their best wide receiver and their yep. best running back. Yep. Um, Baltimore's got no stars on offense. And, and they've Cincinnati- lost all of their defense, too. In yeah, they just lost a bunch. Of- and Cincinnati's just a mess. Of, well, they're, of, they're erratic, and they're plagued with injuries every year. So, I mean, Cle- that puts Cleveland right at the top. And they, they've had a bunch of big defensive signings, too, this, this week. Yeah, they traded for Olivier Vernon from the Giants. They just traded for Odell Beckham Jr. from the Giants. I think they have a pretty good relationship. It's the conversation signed, hasn't come out yet at, at this moment, but I'm guessing it's got to be two firsts. They signed Sheldon Richardson from the Jets too, so their defensive yep, line is just well. monster. No, I I agree. Um, that definitely shook us up. We were ready to go live on this podcast. Well, re- the recording of the podcast with AB talk and Raiders and some other free agency stuff, but man, that. That breaks things up. Um, it was uh, – I, I didn't see who he was – remember we talked about this in our first uh, episode. Did you yep. think Odell was going to be traded? And I don't think we even put no, – right? I don't even think we put the Browns as a candidate, did we? No, we didn't. And if we did – even if we put a percentage of what we thought they would be traded, I think we had it at maybe 5 or 0% to be honest with you. So yeah, and I think that was pretty quick you. on the – I was watching ESPN earlier today and they were talking about ES, uh, Odell getting a trade and – and they put the the odds on no as well, and that was just this afternoon. So, well, you know what that means, right? Nobody knows a fucking thing. They all yeah, just make absolutely. Sure, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. And it, it furthers the thought. Uh, speaking of which, not knowing anything, I don't think we had the Raiders as a potential landing spot for AB. Yeah, uh, no, we definitely did I not. <laughs> we definitely did not. I said maybe a West Coast team. I thought I think I said Arizona. Um, yeah, 49ers, 49ers were out there, and then you know we had Indianapolis, the Jets, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, you know, a lot of people made they made a lot of fun of John Gruden last year for his trades. And well, and let's be honest, he made himself look like an asshole with those trades. Well, he did, but it, if you didn't know the end of the story, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. If we look back on those trades right now, all right. So let me break this down for you. 
Because on the last episode, I said, I hope John Gruden doesn't do a lot of trades and mess things up. And I was kind of talking out both sides of my cheek because even though I can't prove it, I initially, when, when they traded Cleo Mack, I said, wow, that's a pretty good haul for Cleo Mack. And don't yeah. get me wrong, is he a game changer? Yes. But Oakland has the fourth pick in the draft this year. If I could give you Khalil Mack and put him back on the Raiders, how many wins do they have as a team with Khalil Mack on the Raiders? Last year or yeah. this year? Last no, year, I don't think he year. makes. I don't think he makes that much of a difference, to be honest. Okay, so that's my thing. So now you were able to get two firsts, a third, and a sixth. You had to give up a second. So essentially, your next year they'll have two firsts, and they won't have a second round pick as of now. And the guy would not even got you to the playoffs. So I'm not telling you this is the grand scheme. They hired Mike Mayock as a GM, but they gave him a six-year, $141 million contract. The Bears did. And the Raiders, you know, gave up a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown. And that's just one side of it, you know. Uh, I mean, the money money they saved on on not paying Cleo Mack all that money, too. They went out and got, you know, Antonio Brown, signed him to a new contract, and they got Trent Brown. Uh, yep. solidify the left tackle position. So their offense is, is forming up pretty nicely. And they drafted Colton Miller last year to play left tackle, and they're going to swing him to the right tackle. Uh, they ended up trading uh, Osemele, I think it was, to the Jets, um, which, you know, they, they were trying to shed some cap. But, oh, oh, by the way, they also signed the Marcus Joyner. So the Raiders look like they're trying to go all in, and it looks like Derek Carr might be their guy. Well, I mean, think um, about it. The last two years ago, if Derek Carr didn't get hurt, they would have, I think, would have been in the AFC Championship game. I and think so, too. They could have won the Super Bowl. I was, as a Patriots fan, I was nervous about the Raiders two years ago, and then I don't know what happened this past year. Just everything hit the fan. But uh, No, I agree. He, he, what they had that two years ago was the secret formula, and it's the right place, right time. Okay, the Falcons had it three years ago in the Super Bowl when they lost to the Patriots up 28 to 3. They had um, the Philadelphia Eagles had it. They had the mojo, and an injury derailed them, or else they would have been on their way. And who knows how things would have uh, worked out for Jack Del Rio instead of John Gruden coming in. But I, when I look back at this, I don't think John Gruden made a mistake by trading him. And I definitely don't think he made a mistake with trading Amari Cooper because I think we Amari analyzed Co- Antonio Brown versus. Um, Cleo Mack, but I want to get to Amari Cooper. Go ahead. I think, yeah, I think Amar, they, they won the Amari Cooper trade, just looking back at it already. They got a first for Amari Cooper and, and gave away, what, a, a fifth and a, a third for Brown? Or a sixth yeah, and a third? exactly. So it was a fifth and a third, and I think our compensation, we did guess the compensation, right? Stephen A. Smith was all over ESPN how vivid he was, that, that the Steelers only got a third and a fifth for the best wide receiver in the NFL. But he was a guy that... Every team knew they were going to have to redo his contract, and he's 31. I'm not telling you he's on a decline by any means. What I'm saying is that's what he's going to garner. And he was so livid, but this little old podcast said the same thing a couple weeks ago. So, you know, he's just a celebrity in my mind. He's not really a sports guy. But would Amari Cooper have cost the same amount or more than Antonio Brown? Paycheck wise, I yes. I think it could have got him for a little bit of a, a discount because of the way he was playing in Oakland. It wasn't it wasn't the way he was playing in Dallas. He sure. wasn't performing you're as right. well. So I don't think they would have had to pay him as much, but for the upgrade you're getting, I think they, they still won the deal. You know, so even if hands the, down. even if the contracts were even, I would take Antonio Brown. If I could have one receiver now, I guess over the next two or three years I'd You'll have to see how it shakes out. Amari Cooper's still only 24 years old, and we know Antonio Brown's 31. But 
you know, I, I still think he's got at least two, three years of high productivity. So therefore, I think the Raiders win. And this year coming up, they have three first-round draft picks, um, which they can address their, their defense, right, pass rushing, uh, which we've talked about. And they can shore up more, get more offensive weapons as well for Derek Carr because that's the key is surrounding a guy. Because I don't think Derek Carr is a clutch gamer quarterback. He might no. have moments in him, but he's a team guy. He needs the rest of it. And that's fine. You can win a championship that way. He reminds me more of like a, a Matthew Stafford kind of guy where he's a he's a gunslinger and can make the plays. But it's when it comes down to it, he's not the guy that's going to make the, the game-winning play himself. No, exactly. And that's fine. You know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I love Mike Mayock. I watched him on NFL Network for the last, what, four or five years doing the combine. He does the draft. Dude's really smart. I like him and Lewis Riddick. Uh, Lewis Riddick's all over ESPN. I thought he was going to get a, a job as an assistant GM in Miami. There were talks about that. Him and, him and Chris Greer go way back. But Mike Mayock does a really good job. Do you think they still are in contention, like to draft Kyler Murray and maybe trade Derek Carr to? Uh, I don't think so. I think to Arizona or something like I that. I think now that they got Antonio Brown, he's such a big personality. Him and Derek Carr seem to have hit it off in the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago, and they've been showing that all over the place. I think they'll give Derek Carr at least an, a, a year chance, and if it's not working out, maybe go a different direction next year. Yeah, he's a year in or no. A year or two years into, I think a five-year deal worth 125. Basically, it's 25 yep. million a year. So, um, which is the going rate for quarterbacks? Ryan Tannehill was making 26. So that yeah. tells you how much the uh, quarterback position is worth. Um, I would like to see Le'Veon. As at this moment, Le'Veon Bell has not signed with anybody. I would like to see him with the Raiders. I think that would yeah. be a good fit. And Vegas would love it a year from now, would they not? Yeah, absolutely. That was what I was going to bring up next. Is they do need a running back, and and Le'Veon Bell still in the market. But do they have the cash flow and the cap space to do that now with all these new acquisitions that they've, they've made? Well, you make a good point because I brought this up um, again a year ago. I saw the reports come out that Mark Davis is one of the, you know, how poor is a millionaire. But when he's running a team that needs an influx of cash flow, the biggest reason Khalil Mack was traded was that uh, he was going to get about $60 million signing bonus. And so – that comes right from the owner's pocket that day. Like it's it's an immediate payout. So in Chicago, he ended up getting ninety million dollars guaranteed and sixty when he signed. So you're you bring up a good point. To do they have that uh, excuse me that cash flow or not? Because uh, that will determine what Le'Veon might get. I thought Le'Veon was going to get three for fifty uh, or three for sixty maybe, yeah, but he's going to want it all guaranteed too. Yeah, but I've seen the latest talks that he's only going to get maybe eleven or twelve million per year. I mean, that um, makes sense for the running back position, and it does. Um, oh, brain fart. Uh, the Jets gave him a deadline on the the deal that they offered him, so his his choices are kind of winding down for him. No, you're right, and and I think they talked about it being um, between the Jets and the Ravens, which I get. The Ravens are trying to give Lamar Jackson a. A guy, they lost some defense. I don't know if I like that fit. Uh, the name obviously would sell. Yeah, it would I be don't great. either. It's always nice to see. Uh, and visiting the Steelers twice a year would be great for him. But I don't like that fit, to be honest with you. Um, but there's some talk that, he again, he's not going to get as much money. And that the Steelers' initial offer around three years, $45 million with 18 guaranteed, was the best he was going to do. 
So, I mean, it would be interesting to see. I thought he's – I think he's worth and, three for 60, to be honest. And I'd like I'd to see, him. you know, since he sat out this last year, the contract that he does get coming up here, is it going to be a payoff that he did sat, sit out last year for the franchise tag, which was, what, $13 million, $14 million? Yeah, no, exactly. So, he, he gave up almost – He lost out on a lot of money. $13.8 million. So, I got the uh, I got the details. Quick break on the Odell Beckham compensation. Yeah, I just saw that come across. The number 17 overall pick. The third round pick this year, Andrew Bro Peppers, a former first round pick. So the Giants losing Landon Collins, which was an absurd contract we'll talk about later. Six years, $84 million to the dumb Washington Redskins, who just seem to out Miami, Miami every year when he gives players these, these dumb contracts. It's like to throw money away. Yeah, get Drew Bill Peppers. I really liked him coming out of Michigan, and they ha- now they have their you know a second first round pick to build. Oh, now the Giants are going to eat a lot of money this year uh, because they just signed him, but they could work out in their favor. Uh, so, if but looking but think right? about this. Now they got the third, third, fourth pick, yeah. sixth pick. Giants have the sixth, yep, pick. sixth pick. Yep, and the seventeenth. So if they go and get Dwayne Haskins at number six, and then they can yep. pull a wide receiver like a DJ Metcalf at seventeen, which he could be there. Uh, they just yeah, he could. Replace... Maybe maybe AJ Brown, like you brought up. Um, yeah, I mean, would be a good fit there. And yep. you know, you, I, I don't think Eli Manning has much more left in the. I think he's good the for. The I think he's good for one year to kind of mentor a new guy, and then he's he's got to be out of there. <sighs> that's it's got to be it, man. Um, so that's some pretty shaky news. I, I again, I didn't see it coming, and I think the Browns are. The front runner in the AFC North, and they're definitely going to give the Kansas Cities, the Chargers, the Patriots um, a run for the money. Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Titans, they're all the same team to me, to be honest with you. Um, and so maybe Le'Veon Bell ships, uh, shifts a ta- uh, the talent somewhere, the balance of power. Hey, I don't know. Do you, could you, you see know? him ending up in Cleveland, Le'Veon Bell? Oh, God. If they now that this that. trade just swung. Well, you know why the Browns are able to do this? And I've kind of echoed this and I've said it on Twitter a couple of times. It's the following the model. You have a good young quarterback who's on a mm-hmm. brand new rookie deal. He costs nothing. They yep. had upwards of, I think, $90 million before they started. And now, they even after signing Jarvis Landry to $85 million last year, they still had that money. So they absorbed Olivier Vernon getting $17 a year. They have Jarvis Landry getting $17 a year. Odell signed for $18 a year. Um, they have the ability to do this because they they were they sucked for so long, yeah. and then they drafted and they found a good quarterback. That's the key. Unless you're the Patriots, that's the key to do anything. Yeah, exactly. That's the the new up and comers. Look at Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, all those teams like that that have had success recently. That's kind of the model they're going off of. Yeah, it is. It'll be interesting to see the Raiders. I think it's this these uh, these moves kind of made John Gruden save some face. Uh, we'll see how it works out. He has to draft well. I, that's he what I was about to, to say. Well. I think the draft is is really the depending factor on whether or not the Raiders are any good this year. Because, I mean, Antonio Brown swapping for Amari Cooper doesn't make them a playoff team after what we saw no, last year. I don't think so, especially with Kansas City in the division and the Chargers. And in the Chargers, division. yep. And the Broncos think they're doing something great, but John Elway's got Joe Flacco running the team. So. That's my boy, Joe Flacco. Oh, good lord, that resurgence dude. in he, Denver. He's just about an inch above Eli Manning from the bottom of the barrel. So what I don't understand is, right, John Elway knows what a good quarterback looks like. He was one. He's played with them. He's watched a lot of them play. Mm -hmm. Why does this guy have such a hard time after Peyton Manning getting a quarterback? 
Tell me how many times Michael Jordan's team as an owner has made the playoffs in the NBA. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right there. I can't argue that. <laughs> I'm telling you, it has been the hardest thing. It would be it, it'll be very interesting to see LeBron James when he runs a team as a GM or an owner and personnel, how well he does at picking players because I don't they think have he's a done all that time. well himself as a player as a GM. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think bringing in. I mean, yeah, once he's been calling the shots since he's been back to Cleveland, it's been uh, hit or miss with him. So, but I think, you know, it doesn't automatically equate to success just because you've been successful. It should, in theory, it would make sense. Yeah. But it's maybe just the, not, man. Maybe the ego's a little too big and he's thinking, hey, I can make a, you know, a star out of a piece of fucking well, dirt. Well, what I think he's, what I think he's trying to do is they re- retooled the offensive line. They, they added to the defense. They signed my tackle away from Miami, Juwan James, for way too much money. Um, they brought in Kareem Jackson. So they're trying to do what I think they did the last time with Peyton Manning in his last Super Bowl year was let the defense try to win it out, uh, ride it out for him and win the Super Bowl. Um, and maybe Joe Flacco is a little bit better than that version of Peyton Manning right now just because he's healthy. Um, yeah. But you know, we'll if, see he how be, it works. if he but can be, if he can be a game third manager, in the division, are they not? Yeah, they have. To, I mean, unless San Diego somehow takes a big step back, um, you know, due to injuries or something like that, yeah, they're they're easily third, maybe even fourth with the Raiders if they can get back to playing anything good. So no, I agree. Um, we'll see. You know, only time will tell how John Gruden's got nine more years. So I I know I'm coming off as a John Gruden fan, but I think he was unfairly criticized, uh, and he was probably dealt a hand that. He didn't like, and Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack were, I don't think his type of, type of guys. He's an old school guy. Those dudes are a little young, especially Amari. He doesn't like being yeah. talked to a certain and way. Look, look back at his days of success in, in Oakland and Tampa before. Uh, strong defense, um, which he didn't fall into. He had one star player um, and a game manager quarterback. Um, yep. So he, he can kind of you know get back to that with this draft, and now he's got Derek Carr, who can be a game manager. If he if he can coach him up that way, yeah, I agree. We'll see what happens. Um, I think that's enough talk on the Raiders. And up next is the Midwest Pulse. Today I'm joined by Travis Hamilton. Um, we met in the military. He is the author. I would guess to say of our intro music and some of our cover art. He's done a really good job for us on the Bean Town of 305 podcast. Uh, he's definitely helped us out, given us some suggestions and uh, helpful uh, guides along the way. So we definitely appreciate it. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate that intro. And, you know, as far as like your cover art and your music and everything, I, like you said, I'm just trying to help out. I'm, I'm really interested in the uh, production side of podcasting. So when you guys said you were running it, I was like, yo, let me try to help. Yeah, for sure, man. We definitely appreciate it. Um, Travis Ham- uh, Travis hails from uh, Jacksonville, Florida right now. How's the weather, dude? Oh, it was awesome today. I think it was like 85, clear, maybe a couple clouds in the sky the family over to Jack's Beach. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, just a couple clouds. Well, today up here in uh, Massachusetts, we had six inches of snow and uh, rain all day. So we're waiting for uh, spring and summer to come around for sure. Uh, I'm definitely missing yeah, Florida. You have good sports teams up there. You, you're right, we do, except for the fact that I'm the 305 part of the podcast. So I have my Red Sox, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, right. everybody rubs it in on me up here, man. But, uh, 
Dude, speaking of speaking of sports, man, let's just jump in, dude. You're, you're the guy, the Midwest Pulse. That's why I always looked at it, uh, especially when we started, when I joined the squadron. I mean, the first thing you told me was how great Andrew Luck was and how great the Colts were. And um, he's great. I mean, all right, how great? What's great to you, man? Where, where's where does he rank? And he's your top three quarterback in the NFL, or what? Look, man, all I'm saying is, like, the dude came into the league at, and he had forty, almost 4,400 yards. And an average quarterback rating of only 64.3. But, I mean, like, he came into the league with a bank. Do you remember the whole RG3, Andrew Luck argument, the whole debate about who was going to be better? I mean, come on, man. There's no debate. Oh, yeah. No, there's um, – there's... go ahead. In all seriousness, I mean – you know, he's he's got to be top 10. Like, it's so hard because, like, to me, when you ask me who the best quarterback in the league is, I basically throw out – I kind of grade on a curve. I throw out Drew Brees. I throw out Tom Brady because those guys, yeah, okay, they're the greatest. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback. There you go, Nick Parante. I said it. But, I mean, he's – He's getting towards the end of his tenure. Who knows how many more years he's got left. I don't know, man. I don't know if there's much value left in the Tom Brady era. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. But, uh, you know, I look at the league. Are you asking me who's, if, who's my favorite? Like, who's the top five or whatever? So, Wayne or all time? Well, I'll get to that. I want to I wanna stop you. You know, you said the whole Andrew Luck, RG3 thing, and you said there's no, you know, there's no debate. You're absolutely right. Russell Wilson was the best quarterback in that draft, for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah. I guess what I'm asking you is, if you could pick one quarterback, give me your top, I give it, we'll go top five. If you could pick one quarterback to have for the next seven years, because, you know, Luck and Wilson, they're 30, right? Aaron Rodgers, 34, going on 35. So it kind of takes Brady and Breeze out. We're not diminishing them. We're not poo-pooing them. Those, are, those dudes are great. But it's, you know, the next era kind of yeah. coming in. So if you could take, you know, give me your top five quarterbacks you'd have for the next seven years. Today, starting Patrick a franchise. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> then I'd probably add Patrick Mahomes, maybe Jeff Goff, Andrew Luck, and then Patrick Mahomes. Seven. Yeah, know. no, that's that's There's, good. I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's good. I, I mean, I agree with you. I love Patrick I don't know. Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just so good. It's like how, you know, as much as I love Andrew Luck, yeah, I try to be somewhat objective when I look around the league and I look at these other quarterbacks. It's like, I mean, the guy is just so good. I'm so jealous of what Kansas City has because. They have him on his rookie contract, which means that, like, he's basic. Like, they're basically paying him nothing, and they can just go in and just spruce up the rest of their team, and it's like they still have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you, man. That's the, uh, that's the I guess, the model to follow, right, is get your quarterback on a rookie deal, a good one, mm-hmm. and – surround him with every bit of talent you can and it started you know we brought him up our, before was russell wilson he was a game manager right and they had the yeah. legion of boom and marshawn lynch and they went two super bowls yeah. in a row should have won that second one in a row uh marshawn lynch should have gotten the ball in the one yard line that's how i feel and i always will yeah. but um 
Oh God. I mean, we have another topic that we'll bring up and maybe you'll have some, something to say about it is the worst championship game or series, if you want to call it debacles. And Pete Carroll's one of them. The next Super Bowl or two Super Bowls later with Bill Belichick benching Malcolm Butler. And then um, Dave Roberts and his lineup management last world series against the Red Sox, keeping his boomers out of the, uh, the lineup because they're all lefties. Um, They were, uh, they're pretty bad, but you know, I agree with you. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be, you know, the best quarterback probably to ever play the game. I, I know we're in year one of him, but we've seen enough. And as far as Andrew Luck goes, man, I got him in my top six. You know, if you want to count everybody, we'll go Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, or however you want to go, those top three. I think Rodgers is better than both of them, but Brady's a better winner. Um, and then after that, you have Russ Luck. I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to... You know, you look at, like you said, what Kansas City's got with Patrick Mahomes and, you know, as much, like I said, as much as I love Andrew Luck, I think they're on the right track, but there was so much terrible front office yeah, decisions I agree. made with Brickson in there. And now we actually have a smart GM, we have a coach that looks like he's just all in on the players. I mean, the culture in there, and you know I'm not much of a culture guy, I kind of go back to that, it's like, yeah, you know, culture's important, but you got to have talent, too. I mean, this team, a lot of, you know, there a lot of people are talking about how the Colts are potentially, you know, they have one of the smartest front offices out there. They're making the right moves. Hey, listen, look. you're not going to have any. offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line. I'm sorry to cut you off. You're not going to have any disagreement for me on that, man. I, I'm a Dolphin fan, yeah. and, but I'm an NFL fan, right? And. They did it the right way. And Ryan Tannehill, you know, his time's done in Miami. They could have done a lot better of job with him in Miami. He's not an Andrew Luck. He's a game manager, and he always will be. However, the thing that they finally did for Luck was they got him a stud offensive guard to anchor that line. And they got him $100 million million in cap space. They finally protected their investment. Exactly. This is what Colts fans were calling for for all these years, you know. They go in and they make these ridiculous deals, like bringing in Andre Johnson and like all these players that were nearing the end of their tenure. And it's like, yeah, they wanted the name, you know, they wanted to make yeah. a, they wanted to stir up a headline. Frank Gore, the name, but they didn't actually add any value or talent to the team or anybody to protect Luck. No, I, mean, I, I agree. Luck does when he's healthy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there was some some question on his shoulder, but I think he he silenced those doubters. And you know, you you spoke on it is. They're, they got a, I guess to say, a smart front office with a aggressive head coach, and it's about surrounding luck with players. And with that said, I'm, you know, look at just this free agency pool, um, you know, and who's available. And, you know, we had talked about this before, but what broke today was AB to the Raiders. So, that, you know, that's kind of a – that was a good chance that I thought he could have went to the Colts, man. And I think our question was going to be who would you take on your team if you had to pick one for the Colts was Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown because they're going to cost the same. One was going to cost draft capital, yeah. but in terms of money, they were going to probably be equal. Well, I'll tell you what. I, if, I, if you were to literally hold a gun to my head that you got to take one of these guys, I'm taking Antonio Brown. I mean, having a quarterback like Andrew Luck, the biggest thing now that we have an offensive line that can actually protect him, I mean, Quentin Nelson, man, did you see the things he was doing to the defensive line? They were ridiculous. He's a mauler, but no, now for sure. Luck, now that Andrew Luck has a little bit of time, I definitely think the Colts need to be looking at that uh, that wide receiver position. They have T.Y. who can 
you know, play good in the spot. He can play. He's quick. He can beat people downfield. But when you shut down T.Y., it's kind of like if your tight ends aren't healthy, you know, if uh, Doyle isn't playing, if Mo uh, uh, Ali Cox isn't having a game, or Eric know, Ebron, baby. Ebron. Ebron isn't playing like out. <laughs> it's like, who else are you going to go to? And if you just surround up the firepower, I think that, you know, their defense, I think, will get there. I think they showed improvement last year. Um, you know, but I, I think if you're asking me out of the killer bees, which one I'm taking, I'm taking Antonio Brown. So, uh, But that, that being said, it would have never happened. It was a conversation that was just clearly – you know, Chris Bauer, the, the, the front office in Indy is too smart for that to bring, you know, a name, catch a headline, bring it into Indy. It just wasn't going to happen. Well, I don't I don't know necessarily about that. I think it had more to do with the Steelers wanting Antonio Brown to be as far away from Pittsburgh as possible, whether that was an NFC team or the Raiders, which are on the complete opposite, you know, side of the uh, uh, the U.S., yeah. right? And, and so... That that is what was going to hurt you, you know. The draft capital is about what I thought it was going to be. It was going to take maybe a third and a sixth, a fourth and a fifth, something along those lines. But so he could have been had for a good amount, you know, a good uh, draft compensation and a good amount of money uh, in terms of what he provides yeah. of production. But if you ask me who I would want for luck, I'd say Le'Veon Bell. Here's the reason why: in the playoffs, you got to have a running game, and good teams yeah. that make it far have running games. And I'll say this. If you go back to the last couple Super Bowls, I don't remember a team that had a number one baller wide receiver win a Super Bowl. I mean, the the Eagles came close with Alshon Jeffrey. The Patriots have done it with Julian yeah, Edelman okay. twice. You know what I mean? And so, not really a team had they go for broken and have a stud wide receiver because you can game plan and scheme those guys to be shut down one way or another. I mean, sure. The Chiefs have five different wideouts that could be a number one receiver probably on another team. Or, you know, you could argue it either way, I guess, the scheme that Andy Reid runs. But usually the stud-wide receiver that's on a team usually doesn't win a Super Bowl, unfortunately, just how it works out. So I'd take the running game, which what I know I can rely on in bad weather, rain, snow, cold. Um, that's just my opinion on it. Um, and uh, I think either having either one of them will be good. It would be nice to see Le'Veon Bell go there. He can sign freely, you know, with whoever he wants. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if he chose Indianapolis, though. I yeah I don't know there that that talk was pretty big in the beginning of the season about Colts possibly being the the destination for Bell but I, again man I don't know I just see this I see this front office as a front office that knows after what they did in the 2018 draft I think that they know that they can build equity through the draft and I think that that's just the direction they're gonna go um, so I mean it it. it I just don't see, unfortunately, I just don't see a Marquis free agent going to Indy. I mean, unless he's a guy who's, you know, up, uh, you know, to be signed, you know, maybe on a, on a short deal or something like that. I just, I don't see these big deals going to Indy. You know what I would like for the Colts to do if they did happen to chase somebody because they have money, but it would be smart money chasing if you could actually, that's an oxymoron, um, but if you could actually put it together... <laughs> Would be Trey Flowers, who's a free agent from New England. He's going to command probably yeah. $16 million a year, $15 million a year. That's a lot. But yeah. if you want a defense that can potentially slow down or stop Patrick Mahomes, uh, Deshaun Watson, yeah. you know, 
Tennessee Titans, I'm not a fan of Mariota, but they somehow piece it together all the time. And he's misses, he's always questionable return every game, you know. And then you have the Jaguars who are reported, you know, to have Nick Foles on their way. Um, you got to have a defense. So regardless of the offensive side, yeah, you can bring him into the draft. And I think Frank Reich is going to run a system because he's a disciple, right, of Doug Peterson, he's a disciple of Andy Reid, where yeah. you can plug yeah. and play, scheme people open, and then you're good. I'd like to see him bring in Trey Flowers or C.J. Mosley, the linebacker from Baltimore. But, you know, we'll see what happens. They have the money to spend, and they would have to probably overspend to get players to willingly come there, despite having one of the top seven, eight quarterbacks in the league, which is a shame, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it, it's kind of like I said, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've gotten used to kind of the letdown and, like, you know, a, a, Indy just not being a real destination market for these these poster uh you know free agents so you know heartbreak city is something i'm used to like i'm used to players like looking over the cold whatever right and that's kind of historically like if you look back at this organization what they've done is they built players up from the ground up in that organization and you know bringing in you've seen it you know bringing in these players that are supposed to you know be coming up on the field the marquee free agents they just it doesn't work out, and uh, I think that that's one thing that this front office is going to stay away from. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hear you. I, I agree. Um, you know, we'll see what happens coming. Mark, you know, free agencies kind of started already. Saw some signings, and you know, the trades that'll eventually happen. Uh, the start of the new league year, but I want to kind of shift gears and uh, get into some NBA talk. Uh, I think the biggest compliment anybody could give the Indiana Pacers this year is how well they have played despite losing Victor Oladipo, who was just, you know, sensational before he got hurt. But, you know, the big talk was, oh, man, he got hurt. Here go the Pacers. And you know what? They haven't gone anywhere. They've stayed, or you know, if not gotten stronger. I mean, how is it? Man, you watch these guys every night. What do you see in them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the NBA, it's what I consider to be my bread and butter, especially – uh, the Pacers. I mean, I'm an 82 gamer. I leap past every night. Um, so, you know, I've been following, and when Oladipo went down, you know, obviously it was like, you know, there goes their all star, there goes their first team NBA, all NBA. Uh, you know, what are we going to do? Um, and, you know, as you've seen, they've been able to maintain that third place in the, uh, the Eastern Conference. Nobody's catching Toronto or Milwaukee. I mean, that's not even, I don't even want to talk about Milwaukee or Toronto, but, you know, and that, that's my thing, is, I've been saying this, and I, you know, obviously, I, I deal in a lot of Indiana Pacers circles, but a lot of guys don't want to admit that this team is overachieving. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're just, There's no doubt. They're, they've had guys step up, you know, Bogdanovich has stepped up, uh, Thaddeus Young has stepped up. Miles Turner here and there stepped up, getting that trade. Wesley Matthews was yep. was pretty big. You know, they've been consistent in their ability to hang around. But when it comes down to the big games, and especially the teams that they're going to have to play in the playoffs, they've been consistently uh, letting it down. So, yeah, you know, I think today, you watched it today against the 76ers, <laughs> you know. That's yeah. the preview of what's coming in, in the playoffs. That's the reality check right there. And I've been saying it, you know, as much as I love this team, they're they're no more than a second round team at that. And and, and honestly, they, I I wouldn't be surprised 
now that they're in fourth if they walk to Detroit. So yeah. it's kind of one of those things where do I I love my Pacers, but I mean their chances in the East are it's it's fun to know at this point. I just look at a team like Milwaukee, and I think. I mean, can Golden State beat Milwaukee? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, mean, I don't know, man. Can they? I joke like, around I about Golden it. State, but, you know, I joke around about them winning in five games on our last podcast. Um, I just, you know, there's no competition. But when they turn it on, yeah, Golden State's going to beat anybody, and they could probably beat them by 20. I mean, are we sure? Are we sure that Giannis is a human being? Like, No, no, he's definitely not. He's sure? an alien. He's an alien for sure. I don't know, I, and everybody keeps. I feel like they're kind of the because they play in the East. It's like everybody just assumes the East is kind of a joke this year because Golden State's not in the East. You know what I mean? Yeah, LeBron's right, right. The LeBron's right, everybody's yeah. like, oh, the Eastern Conference is a joke. But it's like, has anybody seen what Milwaukee's been doing? Like, well, see, just, I don't think the East is a joke because I, I watched Miami today, and, and granted, it's the Heat, but they've always been. Very well coached with their exposure. They've always been a defensive first team. They've always been the selfless acts uh, of individuals, and they lost by twenty without Kawhi Leonard playing. You know, so don't get, don't let anybody fool you. Toronto is a player. I think Indiana would be scrappy against any of the West teams for sure. I'd take Indiana over Denver. I'd take Indiana over um, you know OKC possibly. Well, I mean, I think I that if you have that. good coaching and you have good ball movement and, and your shot is on, you got a chance to beat whatever team it is that's out there. You just don't have the names. But Indiana has all the rest of it. Spacing, shooting, coaching. And you need all of that to win. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of get into, you know, you and I have had conversations offline about where the Pacers are in the playoff race. Um, did you want to talk about what you think might be going on behind the scenes in the NBA? Oh yeah, you know, you know my conspiracy talk, man. Look, I I am not a big believer in most conspiracies. I do believe the earth is round. I do believe most things that rational people believe. But when it comes down to it, man, and I don't know if it's just a small market team guy in me talking here, but I I think there might be a little bit of tampering going on in the NBA, and I want to address it because <laughs> okay. here's the thing, man. We all know. The Pacers are over overachieving. I, I said that earlier. I think it's true. You know, the fact that they've been able to hang on to a third-place lead this long is pretty amazing. But here's the thing. Boston and Philly, you know, going into today were a 4-5 and five season. They've been just, I mean, they've been kind of puttering around through the season, hanging on to those that fourth and fifth seed for, you know, we're almost now, what, I'd say about two thirds of the way through the season. Oh so, yeah, for sure. There's probably 18 like, games left, depending on who your uh, team is. Yeah, three quarters of the way through the season. So here's the thing, man. Does the NBA want a Boston Philly matchup in the second round? Matchup, first round, or do they oh, want yeah. second round? Yeah, if you yeah, ask me, if I could answer that, I would say I'd like to see them in the second round. So I, I see where you're going. Of course you would. Yeah, I mean, of course you would. It'd be awesome if that was the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, because yes, you know, yes, those absolutely. Teams, those, those two markets alone draw in a majority of the views through the NBA playoffs. So it's like, well, they also hate I each think other. There so. might be a little bit of, uh, I think there might be a little bit of tampering going on in the league right now. I don't have the evidence right now, but I just know 
And every time Boston loses, it seems like Indiana conveniently loses too. So I don't know. We'll see what happens now that uh, Philly's now in that uh, fourth spot uh, in the East. So we'll see if they continue to lose. They have one of the hardest remaining schedules in the NBA. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, I saw every, I saw the list every of ten. I think it's like ten out of their next eleven games are all playoff teams, that with the exception of New York. So it's like yeah, I don't know, man. No, I uh, I agree. It kind of seems like Indiana's not gonna be in de- You know, it's not destined for winning another championship. Uh, you know, this year, and uh, I think no, you no. know, it's. I agree with you on you know, kind of what you're saying as far as what would the NBA would like to see. I thought that the Lakers would find a way to make it to the playoffs so that, um, and make it to the seventh seed so they wouldn't have to play Golden State in the first round and potentially could meet them in the second round for ratings. But you know, it didn't happen that way. So well, my, you, you don't, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear what's going on there, did you? You didn't hear the conspiracy theory about the Lakers and the Bronx. Are they trying to lose for Zion? No, they're trying to lose so LeBron can shoot Space Jam 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that. Summer. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. He's, got his, he's got Space Jam 2 coming up. He does. He's yep. going to be available for production and shooting that. So. Look, yeah. Man, there's some shady stuff going on in the league, and I don't necessarily have everything to prove it, but I think there's uh, we need to look into what's actually going on. Yeah. Um, I miss the days of my team competing for a championship uh, in basketball for sure. Who's your team again? The, the Miami Heat. Um. Dwayne Wade, one last dance. That's what we're here for. Number eight seed. Let's just get a first round and out four four game sweep. We might even just give. We might just play three and just let the Bucks just call it. You know what I mean? Um, that's what we're hoping for. If the Heat make it to the second round of the playoffs, do you think then? Do you are you still gonna think that Dwayne Wade is the best player of all time? So he's not the best player of all time. I would say what my argument was, he was if he carries a team there, yeah, he's he's obviously better than Kobe. I think he, a case can be made in all reality, he's the second best shooting guard of all time if you stack him and Kobe up. Kobe's got the name, don't get me wrong. Um and he's got the stature and the fame. What Kobe was to LA, specifically LA, and he had the nationwide, Dwayne Wade is to Miami in the South Florida area. We've had nothing since Dan Marino left. And, you know, the Hurricanes haven't been relevant. Well, we did, you're right, that was a fad, but the constant that's been there has been Dwayne Wade. When he won in 06, I mean, it's just, that's his fame to claim, all right? And then, you know, how he is in that area is what, is equated to what Kobe is in the LA market. And so he's the savior of Miami and now he's retiring, you know. People don't agree yeah, with me. Yeah. Our poll came up that Kobe was better and, and and okay, rightfully so, but they also probably didn't watch a lot of Dwayne Wade's games and probably only remember him for teaming up with LeBron, not being down two games of nothing to Dallas uh as a third-year pro and bringing his team back. Um but, you know, anyway, we move on. Is talking about championships. You know, your Cubs have won a championship recently in the last couple of years. How awesome was that to see? Well, I don't know if you know this, but I named my son Wrigley. Oh, did you? No, I, I hadn't I hadn't taken No, I took notice. I, I saw that. Uh, there's... Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, obviously, well, first I want to address two things. After the Cubs won the World Series, suddenly there was a lot more Cubs fans, right? Yeah, so there was. It's like whenever, whenever you like 
go out and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm a cup fan. Everybody's like, kind of gives you like the whole like, oh yeah, really? You know what I mean? So it's yep. like, look, I have been a cup fan. You know, I've been a cup fan yep. since day one. I do. Um, and it's like seeing that was obviously I think one of the best things uh, sports wise I think I'll ever experience in my life. But I just I want to say, you know, do I think it's going to happen again? I don't know, man. Like, would I you would you know. be okay if you never saw another World Series, although you got the chance to see the curse be broken? I don't know that I'd be okay. I mean, I I love sports and I love my sports team. So, like, right. every year I think like they have a chance to win the World Series, and it's like. Oh yeah, they're not gonna win the World Series because there's a better AL team out there. Like there all needs to be, but like it's just like I don't, you know. I'm happy that we got it. I'm happy we got one. I'm happy the curse or whatever's lifted or this and that. It's just I just hate getting worked up. I hate it when they're good all year throughout the regular season. Like they have been the past couple of years, and then they just melt down in the playoffs. Somehow they like forget their bats back in Chicago whenever they go on a road game, and it's just like, like what? Yeah. Not. No, I I, I, I. I hear you, man. I'm. You know, I think you can apply that to all the teams that just don't have the winning. I would say formula, and I bring it back to the Dolphins. They always play these teams tough, or they'll steal a game from the best team in the league, right? Uh, New England, and um, you know that they just they just fizzle out. So I, I agree with you. I remember watching the Red Sox win, and the biggest thing in '04 was the biggest thing is they got past the Yankees, uh, and then they you know won in the World Series. So now I hear you on that. Um, when it comes to the Midwest, where does your loyalty lie? Are you Purdue? Or are you Ball State? Well, the only reason why I would even say Ball State is just because. I wanted to get my MBA from Ball State. Mm-hmm. I am a Purdue fan for through and through. I okay. mean, it's, it's not even close. Like, I grew up, you know, watching Purdue. My grandfather, you know, went to Purdue. I, I have a lot of Purdue family history, and I am definitely a Purdue fan. Uh, but, you know, Ball State's got a pretty good MBA program. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm in the market, so like I, you know, I don't know. Um, it, you know, speaking of Purdue, I don't. I'm sure you saw yesterday that they share a piece of the Big Ten uh, regular season title. Sure. Again, okay. Um, which, what does that mean to me? I mean, let's just be honest. Are they a Final Four team? Uh, what's the Final Four? Is that like? Is that a game they play? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the, I don't know. you know, I've it matters. Seen, I've never seen Purdue make it to the Final Four. Okay, then that's what I'm saying. Watching that college basketball by then. Yep. But it's it. Uh, no, they're not. Okay. I mean, come on. Like you look at you look at teams like Duke and Zion. Here's the real question: Do you think Zion will play so for the tournament? Nick and I had brought this up, and we didn't get a chance to talk to it, uh, talk about it as much as we wanted to. Um, or even record anything, but I said Zion should not play because he's worth way more money now than he is the amount of money he's going to gain the gain the NCAA or Duke. And I cannot stand the fact that college players don't get paid. Um, it's open for a big discussion. Um, 
but I don't understand the concept of it. And so to me, in premise, no, I don't think he does. I, I wouldn't if I were him. I, I don't know what he does, but I, I don't think he should. I guess that's the answer. What about you? you I think don't he know. Should play? I, I was on the same page. I was on the same page with you with that until I saw something on Twitter from Dick Vitale that was like, "You want the money? Go to the NBA. You want this? Go to the NBA. Fine, whatever. But we college basketball." And it like kind of got me motivated a little bit, so I was kind of like rethinking. But I mean, yeah, you look at Zion. I mean, if he gets hurt, it's like he's basically. Is he's basically eliminating any chance. He's all of his draft equity, all that stuff. Now it comes into question. It's just like he's got to he's got to protect his investment, man. He's got to make a business decision. So I don't blame him for not playing, but I also would be kind of like, dang, like how can how can he not play the tournament? You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, no, I I hear you. Dick fight no. I'm telling you, Michigan State's going all the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't if I were him, but you know, that's just me. Um, I want to kind of wrap up sports talk and, uh, just kind of get into uh, a few more items that I had on the list. So you made, you made our, you know, our cover art and our music. When did you know you were going to, you had this creative side to you and you could use that side of your brain? Man, I don't know. Like, because I don't have that. I'll be honest with you, man. It's, it, it doesn't come to me like that. You know, not everybody has the same stuff. That's just, that's evidence right there. Well, like I said, man, I've just been pretty gifted at everything I've ever done in life. So, you know, whether or not it's like basketball, uh, AW, like, oh, you know okay. this. Like, well, I'm always up there. Sure. I mean, debatable about up there. I mean, I, I think I came in as underneath you and I left as equals. So, anyway. Um, uh, well. You have yeah, any I mean, any I, disagreement? I as far as that goes, like I've always been interested in, in the production side of like podcasting, right? It's okay. like branding and market awareness, like branding, brand awareness, and all that yeah. stuff. And, okay. You know, I think a logo means a lot. Oh, for sure. You know I agree with I mean? you. Like it's first impression. Logo, I see so many. I see so many people that have like a good operation going, but it's like they just don't put much effort into like what they look like or what their brand image is. It's like, man, it's important. If you're going to break out in this field, if you're going to be competitive in this market, you know, having, having a good image is like the foundation of what you need to succeed. So no, I couldn't, know, I, I, I started to, uh, to kind of mess around with like different concepts. And, you know, when you told me you're, your name like it just kind of started hitting some some, some nerves you know, you're just going them. through man yeah like yeah. you know it just started they just started creating tendencies synapses started, started firing, firing. yeah well man i you know so, i i think i speak for nick as well uh, i know i do and you know we definitely appreciate it and um you know all the stuff that you help us get off the ground and kind of sound like more of a professional out outing uh on the podcast uh world and uh i definitely appreciate you taking some time out and uh, talking some sports today. You get the Midwest Pulse from Travis Hamilton. Um, yeah. <laughs> you got any last things to say, like dude? That. No, man, like I said, uh, you know, I, I really think you guys are, uh, you guys are moving in the right direction. You guys got a good thing going here. You know, you, you and Nick both are clearly extremely knowledgeable on sports. Um, you know, so I think you guys, Keep it going. Stay consistent with it. Obviously, the production value and all that, the sound quality, you'll get that figured out. Um, 
you know, so I'm here. I'm here if you need anything, man. You know, I just want to help you guys out. If you guys launch, if you guys get big, then you can start worrying about how much you owe me. Right? <laughs> yeah, you got to um, We we got a tab on you know, for sure. You got a tab running for us. Yeah. No, nah, man, I I, yeah. I definitely um I definitely appreciate appreciate all that, and um, you know, we'll uh we'll, hopefully we'll get this thing off the ground and keep it going. Yeah, man. All right, bro. Thanks for joining me, dude. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Yeah, take it easy, man. All right, see ya. Nicholas, it is eval season again, buddy. Oh, ready? my least favorite time of the year, bud. You know, every year in the Navy we do this uh, eval season, and it's just crap. Yeah, what's crap about it? What don't you like about it? You got to grade what yourself. What didn't you like about it, right? Because we're not in the Navy anymore. You got to grade yourself. So you got to right. point out your weaknesses, which, you know, there aren't very many. No, no. Let's really, be honest. There's not a lot of <laughs> And then you got to spend more time writing a, a, an evaluation that, you know, somebody else is going to change in, in five minutes. No, I um, agree. That, you know, really not going to, you know, affect well, you too much. For, uh, yeah. Well, uh, for our listeners that aren't in the military, uh, we used to get rankings that would average out over um, X amount of years. On each year, you had a ranking, and that ranking could have been an EP, which is early promote, an MP, which is a must promote, and a P, which is a promote. Uh, EP being the highest, P being the lowest. So what we're going to do is we're going to rank these free agency period, these free agent signings. We got a bunch of them and uh, some trades as well. And we'll give you the rankings of the team signing a new player and each team's grade for trading away or trading for a player, however you want to look at it. Uh, and we'll give you the rankings and run through. Um, with that, let's start. Odell Beckham Jr. The Browns, I say... That's an EP move. Absolutely, They're get I agree. As the EP. Uh, it's definitely a good move for them. They give up. I don't think that's a lot of capital. I don't think they loved Jabril Peppers. He was from the previous regime when they drafted Njoku, uh, Jabril Peppers, and Miles Garrett all in the same draft. So yep. he was there before um, the previous administration. Uh, for the Giants, I got to give him an EP as well because Odell was not going to be happy there in a rebuild. Uh, they may be eating some dead cap, but as a rebuilding team, which I think they're going to go down that route, who cares? Uh, and so, they got a couple of first-round pick, you know? They got a first-round pick, and I, I give them an MP just because you're getting rid of a superstar that's going to be very hard to replace, whether he's super happy or not. You never know how the, the next few years could pan out with Eli leaving and maybe some coaching changes. So I give them an MP on getting rid of a superstar that they just um, signed to a huge deal, even though they did get a return back. No, I agree. I, I'll stick to this. Is um, which last Super Bowl winning team had the diva standout All Star wide receiver? So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's my stance on it. You can find them a dime a dozen. Uh, mm -hmm. Up next, C.J. Mosley to the New York Jets, five years, eighty-five million dollars. We're not going to include guaranteed money. We're just going to talk overall because uh, I know it's funny money. The guaranteed money is what actually makes sense, but for time purposes, we'll go there. I think the Jets. That's an MP move. CJ Mosley, I love him, but I don't love him for that amount of money. Um, I agree. I mean, he's he's a good player. He's not a superstar. He's not he he's a good solid defensive player, but he's not a game changer. He's not a Khalil Mack or a Von Miller type of dude. No, so I think MP is good. Yeah. yeah, he's an inside linebacker, and I'll bring up another guy later. Uh, so Mosley was ranked at number twelve out of linebackers out of sixty one, and uh, inside linebackers, and Jordan Hicks was ranked number ten. 
out of 61. The same ranking by Pro Football uh, Focus, but Hicks signed for four years and 36 million, and CJ Mosley signed mm. for uh, five and 85. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. the, the contracts there. Uh, moving on, Antonio Brown to the Raiders. I think the Raiders, that was an EP move, uh, high rank. He got three years, $50 million, and the Steelers, I got to go with a P on them. They completely messed up the situation. What Everybody was at fault, but the Steelers are just a dysfunctional organization at this time. Even with Art Rooney you know, or the Rooney family running that team overall, they have a lot of problems. Yeah, and I, I'll go with the same rankings. I go uh, EP for the Raiders. Didn't give up much capital after they got back good capital for Amari Cooper, like we already talked about. And the Steelers do get a P, but it's kind of a P with an asterisk because I think at this point, yeah, they got a couple more years of Big Ben, but I think they're heading more towards a rebuilding year. So kind of not having to pay Antonio Brown again and not having to pay Le'Veon Bell now again, um, I think that it's going to work out in the long run for them. Now you make a good point there. They should be rebuilding a lot sooner than later. Uh, Cole Beasley to the Bills. Four years, $29 million. The Bills made a great move getting Josh Allen weapons in general. I think this is a little bit too much money for Cole Beasley. I have to go with an MP. It's not much, you know, I don't think there's much there about it uh, to be that great. Yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of money. He's he's not a game changer, but he's a possession guy. Um, but I don't think Josh Allen is going to be able to use a wide receiver like that. Maybe he can develop into, you know, a little more of a precision guy. But from what we saw last year, he's a throw it deep and run the ball kind of guy. So I'll give it a... I'll give it a P. Yeah, they definitely need to work on that means accuracy, short game, because they have burners um, on the outside. They they got to get into UCLA and stuff. Trey Flowers, five years, $90 million to the Detroit Patriots from the New England Patriots. Um, I think that is way too much money for Trey Flowers, and he's. I get what they're trying to do in Detroit. They're trying to mimic with uh, Matt Patricia running the Patriots defense before he left for Detroit and trying to do the same thing there. But that's a lot of money for one player, and it's a lot of money up front. It's got to be an MP move. Um, you know, he's an inline guy. He's not yeah. going to get you 20 sacks. He's, he's probably about a 7 to 8 sack guy. Um, it's a lot of money, but he, he's productive. Um, and so I'll stay with an MP as well on that one. Yeah, he's definitely a system. If the system works, then I like the signing. If I don't know where you're going. I don't know where you're going next, but can we jump to, to somebody else that just signed with the Lions? Sure. Danny Amendola. Give me the numbers. It hurts my heart. It was about a, <laughs> a one-year, $5.5 million deal. I really wanted him to stay in Miami. I like it for Detroit. I think it's an EP move. It's a pretty cheap deal for a slot guy, and he is reliable. I'll give you that. And Matthew Stafford needs that type of guy after he lost Golden Tate. Uh, so for about $5.5 million, I like the deal. I hate that he left Miami. I do. I do like the deal, too. It's an EP move for me. I just thought, you know, oh, he's released from Miami. He's coming back to New England. I got, oh, a, little, I got a little happy for yeah. a second. But, you know, can't always get what we want. So. No, you can't. I mean, you have six rings. What, what more would you like? Seven. Else? Okay. Eight. Yeah, of <laughs> Trent Brown to the Raiders, leaving New England. Uh, oh, we're just going on a streak here, huh? Yeah. All so, my uh, former Patriots. We'll talk about that after why the Patriots are, you know, the much smarter team in the NFL. Uh, four years, sixty-six million for Trent Brown. I think it's a little too much. He becomes the highest-paid offensive lineman in the game. 
and I didn't hear his name, but maybe <clears throat> twice last year. Uh, so we'll see. He's going to be, the eyes will be on him. He'll be on an island in Oakland. And if Derek Carr's on the floor, he's got to start paying back money. Yeah, so I really think it's a it's a P move. I mean, look at what happened last year. We know New England has a great offensive line coach in Dante Starnecchia. Yep. Uh, Solder signed away to the Giants last year, which was the biggest offensive lineman deal in NFL history, and he kind of flopped. Um, Trent Brown didn't have a lot of success before coming to New England. Played a decent year last year. I uh, wouldn't say it was great by any means, and now getting, again, the biggest offensive lineman deal in NFL history. I think it's way too much money for a guy that, is average, to say the least. No, I agree. I think this is the model where you look really good on a Super Bowl winning team or a successful team. And I'm in no way uh, poo-pooing on these players getting this amount of money. I'm all for it. However, if I was running a business on the team side, I would be against giving all this money out to these players uh, because it just it rarely works out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to also go with a P move on that. Uh, Landon Collins to the Washington Dumb Redskins. Six years, $84 million. That is an incredible amount of money for a guy that, don't get me wrong, he's an all-pro. I don't think he's a game-changer. I'd prefer to have Tyron Matthew at three years for $45 million instead of Landon Collins. Uh, It's an incredible amount of money. It's definitely a P move for me, and Washington seems to always outdo itself. Yeah, um, they have really no direction. Uh, They have a solid defense, but... Is Landon Collins, for that amount of money, going to really make you that much better when your offense is just abysmal? You have no direction on offense, and you just spent that amount of money on defense going forward. I just don't like it. A P move for me as well. Uh, they could have had a much cheaper safety. Speaking of which, Antoine Bethea signs in his replacement in New York, and he's been a solid guy all over the league. Got a two-year deal. Uh, he was with the Colts. He was with Arizona. And now that we see the Giants getting Jabril Peppers, that's smart football. That's a smart financial way of doing things. Um, and it looks like the Giants maybe have been learning their lesson too a little bit, not giving out this big money like they did a year ago to Odell, uh, trying to right the ship a little bit and, and not paying Landon Collins either. So I, I like Antoine Bethea going to the Giants, and I, I'll give it a, an MP. Uh, he's not a game changer, but he's a solid safety. Exactly. That, that's where I'm going to is an MP. You're not getting a game changer, but you are getting a good, solid replacement in that position. Um, and the Giants are still kind of rebuilding. Eli Manning's done, and they're just gonna wait for the next wave. So that getting somebody cheaper and saving a bunch of money is a good is a good thing for them. I agree. We brought up Jordan Hicks earlier, four year, thirty six to Arizona. I really like what Arizona's doing. A guy that's not on here is Terrell Suggs. I mean, we could add Lib and those two together. I like both of those signings. Uh, Suggs gets to go home uh, for maybe potentially his last year to play in his home state uh, in Arizona. And you have Jordan Hicks for much cheaper than C.J. Mosley. So I'm going to give both EPs, and I think Arizona's doing a really good job. So I didn't see the Suggs deal. What did he end up getting? One year, $7 million. Probably and something I, what Cameron Wake's going to get. I think that's that's good value for a player like Chris Suggs, especially the experience he brings on a team that's pretty young and uh, not a lot of playoff experience. I agree. Maybe uh, maybe they decide to go elsewhere instead of going defense with that first pick. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Anthony Barr stays in Minnesota. The move is more so that he spurned the Jets, which just makes me so happy. He gets $13.5 million. Uh, I like the deal for him to stay in the keep the group together in Minnesota, and I love that he didn't go to the Jets, so EP move for me. Yeah, I'll give it an EP as well. He's a, he's a great player. 
Um, really can do it all on defense. And you know, I think the Jets just not are good. Are good. The Jets are just not a good fit for many people at this point. They they have a quarterback and, and some young talent, but they again don't really have a direction that they're going. I feel like they're just kind of a lost child. So staying in Minnesota where you still have the direction of the strong defense, hopefully Kirk Cousins can come around this year and they maybe push for an NFC Championship appearance again. Yeah, well, the Jets don't have a direction because Adam Gase is partially making or calling shots there in New York. And Greg Williams is on defense. I thought you loved, so. thought you loved Adam Gase. Uh, I did until... I used to hear all this great stuff about Adam Gase, Adam Gase, Adam Gase. He's a, he's a guy. Yeah, and now, that's a, you know... Broken clocks right twice a day. You know, one of those things. Uh, an end of an era, Mark Ingram. Um, I think he's probably had, what, the best production for an Alabama running back in the NFL. Am I wrong on that? Going no, I think head. I think you're right. Um, Alabama running backs are terrible when they get to the NFL. It's it just doesn't make sense to me. Trues them all up. Maybe Derrick Henry will eventually. But he's done in Latavius Murray signs there for four years, 14.5. Uh, I love that deal. I think him... And uh, Kamara are going to be a great fit. EP. Yeah, I like it too. Give it an EP. Um, they're dynamic, and I don't, I don't see any problems swapping those two guys out. No, me either. Uh, Tyron Matthew to Kansas City uh, at fifteen million a year. Uh, they have Eric Berry that's still there for sixteen million. Can you pay two safeties thirty-one million dollars? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Berry's going to have to restructure if he wants to stay. And um, because I think it could be a pretty good pairing, and that team needs defense because they can be Super Bowl contenders every single year with a defense. Absolutely, I love the move, EP, but they got to figure out the very contract. Yeah, and EP for me as well. It's it's not a lot of money for a guy that is known to get a lot of turnovers. And if you can think about this, what would that Kansas City team look like if they could get you know five or six more turnovers a year from their defense and give that offense more time to have the ball? It's no, just unreal. They let Justin Houston go at the age of 30, and they owed him a lot more money as, as well left on it. But they made a smart move moving on from a 30-plus-year-old guy. Um, Nick Foles to the Jaguars. Four years. Big Dick Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know the Eagles fans were sad to see him go, and Jags fans are happy to see him come. I think it's all about fit. I'm kind of in between. I'm going to go MP on this because he's got to have the right scheme. Nick Foles, if he was this great of a quarterback, he would not have been a backup and not have been, you know, found pure dumb luck going into the Eagles and, and performing the way he did. I think he's a gamer, but he's got to have the right system. So, I I know we didn't want to talk about guaranteed money, but for him, it's a what four year four year deal, four year deal, and fifty million guaranteed. So it averages out to a pretty low yearly per year salary. It's like twelve and a half guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, right. So I think. He's not going to hit all the wickets. They're not going to end up paying him the full 80-something million. I'll give it an EP grade because I think that's what the Jaguars need at this point. Um, in addition to signing, you know, maybe some more wide receiver talent. Um, but I think they have the defense. I think they have the running game. Um, if the offensive line can stay healthy, I think a game manager like Nick Foles that's able to make those big clutch plays is exactly what they need. And going forward, I'm kind of scared to see the Jaguars and what they can do this year. Yeah, well, a player that they lost from that defense on the Jaguars was Malik Jackson. He signs in Philly for $10 million a year over three years. That is probably, oh, man, I'm going to go off the top of my head right now, but I think that's one of the, 
if not the best move, one of the best moves in free agency so far for him to land next to Fletcher Cox and rebuild. Yeah, I mean, look at their defensive look at their defensive line now. It's it's Cleveland, the Eagles, and I don't know, maybe Minnesota in terms of Bears. But those four teams have the you know yeah really good defensive lines and and getting pressure on the quarterback is what this league's about. So I think it's a great move too, EP for me. Who uh, who happened to join him in Philly was Deshaun Jackson. Uh, at $9 million a year and 33 years old, I'm not a big fan. You could have had Danny Manola for six. Um, I know he's a Philly guy. They want to bring him home. I would have preferred to bring him in on a one-year deal, but he wanted more money, more guaranteed money. So they reworked his contract. Tampa Bay gets rid of him. He didn't like Jameis Winston, and Bruce Arian wasn't going to put up with any crap. Uh, I'll go MP on both teams. Uh, one got rid of somebody. Another one brings in a another headache but he's got he's got high impact value as we saw last year when he's on the field and healthy and happy yeah um so i think tampa kind of washing their hands with it i don't think they're really caring too much so i'll put him right in the middle of the pack with an mp i think it's an ep for the eagles um it gives carson once a guy to stretch the field with which he's he's really good at throwing the ball deep he he needs a guy that's explosive like that so I think putting those two guys together, along with Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar, they have a really good wide receiver court for a, a really good young quarterback. I agree. Uh, last two is Drew and Green Jackson, both going to Denver. Juwan James, uh, former tackle for the Dolphins, four years, $52 million, just a little too much for the Dolphins' liking. They wanted him at about $10 million a year, and they missed out on a chance to extend him last year. Um, I think Denver's overspending. I'm going to go MP. Uh, they gave up. They let Billy Turner go, who happened to be also a former Dolphin third-round pick. He signed uh, in Green Bay for three years, $27 million. So in the end, I think Elway, again, overspends because he's trying to get you know Super Bowl team ready to go. Uh, Juwan James, solid player, not worth the money. Yeah, I think Elway's overcompensating and overspending because – he doesn't want to admit that he has to do a full rebuild. He He's still riding that Super Bowl high and AFC Championship high from about three or four years ago. And I think he just needs to let go and just go full rebuild mode. And, yeah, I give it a, uh, let's say, MP. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go MP. I, I like Kareem Jackson. Uh, it's about $11 million a year for a pretty good corner. Uh, I'll go EP on that because the defense needs some retooling. And I also think, to, to kind of go off your point, if they happen to draft Drew Locke in the first round, this idea could work out because that dude can spin the ball. And if he supplements or supplants Joe Flacco maybe in a year or two, this all makes sense. But if he goes and drafts another defensive end or a defensive tackle or a wide receiver uh, and expects Joe Flacco to be the guy, that's not a long-term solution. So I want to see him draft a quarterback high, and then I'll make, like, change my mind on that one. And if he does draft a quarterback high, I just personally don't have the confidence in him to get the right one, to be honest. So if he <laughs> if he does go draft the quarterback at 10, I think he may screw it up and, and just be stuck in this cycle of average football. Yeah, uh, we, uh, we covered some free agent signings. We tried to hit most of the notable ones. We probably missed a few, uh, especially at the time of recording. Um, but, you know, we'll hit back on this. Maybe in our next episode, we'll wrap up the rest of the signings. Any major marquee ones. Um, moving on, uh, kind of segueing into uh, previous episodes, we had some polls out. And I was a big uh, proponent of Dwayne Wade over Kobe Bryant. 
Well, the people spoke, not too many people, but the people that did speak, they, did, they spoke. Uh, Dwayne Wade, 39%, Kobe Bryant, 61%. You guys are all wrong. I don't think it was it would be that big of a difference, but I do believe that Kobe was better in his prime. Nationally, I would expect it to probably be around 55-45 to be quite in Kobe's favor. To be honest with you, we had a lot more people voting on it. Um, so if you didn't vote last time, vote this time. You have a new poll question coming up. Uh, the other one that was from previously was just an asinine argument by EJ um, over PG over Steph Curry or vice versa. He thought Steph was more valuable than PG. Please tell me you don't agree with him. So I, I don't, but okay, cause I see the poll, where... The poll results say that PG is more valuable, but let me hear it. Go ahead. Where's your caveat? So, so EJ's a, a Golden State fan, and you know he's going to stick by his guy. Um, they do have less success without Steph Curry in the lineup, um, even with KD and Klay Thompson and Draymond in there. But yeah, he's not more valuable to the, to the Warriors than Paul George is. Paul George is providing Russell Westbrook um, just so much more. Like it's back to where it was like Westbrook and KD almost. That's how good Paul George is playing this year. Exactly. So it's, it's ridiculous. And, and I think to say if you take a game this year and Steph Curry's out or he's not playing well and go, Steve, look, he's so much more valuable to the team. I don't care about that. I care about in a playoff game. I, w I would like to see that team play without Steph Curry in a playoff game and see what the end result would be. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to tell. Because I still think with the, you know, second best player in the league right now in KD. Yeah. Clay Thompson, the second best shooter behind Steph. And Draymond would be forced into a bigger role to be more of an attacker. I mean, just a sleeper, forward. sleeper MVP candidate going back to, you know, previous episodes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about how dysfunctional the Steelers were. Um, I had had these conversations with other people uh, in the past. And the new poll question is going to be, who is the most disappointing, talented trio to never win a championship? Is it Oklahoma City when they had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant? Or is it Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown? I think my vote is going to be the Steelers group because they're together a little bit longer, and those guys in OKC were a little young. Um, and I don't think OKC by any means is dysfunctional, but the Steelers are dysfunctional, which makes it even more of a disappointment, in my opinion. So we'll see if yeah. the poll results come back. And, you know, I hate doing this, but I completely agree with you. Um, well, all the Steelers right, players so. all the Steelers players were in their prime when they're together. Um, <laughs> you know, all the guys in OKC's, James Harden was just coming up as, you know, finding his own talents. and. Russell Westbrook still wasn't the triple-double guy that he is today. So, yeah, I think it has to be the Steelers. They're just – they wasted it. Yeah, with three – potentially three Hall of Famers, right, at running back, wide receiver, and quarterback. And, and yep. just never figured it out. And uh, I think that's a sad thing because they could have amounted to so much. Yeah, I mean, look what the Cowboys in the in the 90s did with that, that three, you know, trio there. They Just three Super Bowls and, you know, Steelers got – did they get one with them or none? No. With none. those three guys, none. Wow. Zero. So, real disappointing there. You know, hence the, the poll question, to never win a championship. Thank you for oh, listening, okay. by the way. Uh, speaking when of the hosts don't listen. If you want to check us out and you want to listen to our podcast, you can find it on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and any uh, many of your more uh, favorite listening platforms. Uh, also, uh, you can find us on Twitter at NickAndMikeyB1. 
You can find us on at Beantown305 on Instagram. Our poll question will be on Michael Bray on Facebook on Michael Bray. And uh, Nick, I'm sure, will share it. And we'll also post it to Twitter. And if you like this podcast and you're into uh, the sports thing and you're, you're happy and you're excited and you're motivated about sports, well, there's another motivating podcast that'll get you fired up even more and it's about life. And it's Get It underscore podcast on all your favorite listening platforms and also at Get It underscore podcast on Instagram. That's Nick and Jenny, his wife, doing their podcast and promoting healthy growth in life. Did I get that right, Nick? You think it's a good oh, explanation? Just such a great shout out, buddy. Thank Perfect, you. I can't right? thank you enough. Dude, that was off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hope you like all of our uh, segments this time and our interview with Travis Hamilton. Until next time, see ya. See ya. Thank you.